All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. My name is Taylor Senderhouse with TJS IT. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Small Business Download Podcast. I have a guest with me today, and uh, we're going to cover a topic I think you guys will be interested in, and that is a remote workforce. Uh, I want to introduce my guest today. Uh, my guest is Ken uh, Gilday. Uh, he's with Leaders Cut. Uh, hi, Ken. How are you today? Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Taylor. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, so, so Ken, uh, what is your business? Uh, what, how, how do you help small businesses? Sure. So, uh, Leaders Cut. I am an executive coach, business strategist, LinkedIn expert. What I say is I help owners and leaders unlock their leadership genius so they can build independent, accountable teams. That's my headline. And, uh, of course, anyone who wants to get more information can always find me at KenKilday.com. So my name with a .com at the end of it. And uh, uh, I work both one-on-one -on -one with business owners and leaders as well as with their leadership teams in a coaching atmosphere. That's awesome. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, his name and information uh, will be posted down in the description. Uh, so you can easily, easily find Ken. So Ken, you know, nowadays with this crazy world we live in, uh, you know, there's this idea of working from home. Boy, it wasn't too long ago where we thought, you know, I wish there would be a day where we didn't have to go into the office. <laughs> now exactly. it's like, now we're all at home. So, yeah. you know, of course, you know, with me being an IT guy, you know, from an IT point of view, you know, what tools do I need, you know? How can I answer my business phone at home? You know, uh, how do I collaborate with coworkers? Uh, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this. Um, you know, with being a leader or an owner of a business, you know, and and kind of commanding a remote workforce, uh, whether it be twenty four seven or or just on occasion, you know, what are c tips that you would give to uh, a small business owner who? Who, who really, you know, is really good about being connected with their workforce and interacting with them uh, in person. But now all of a sudden, you know, in this ever-changing world, now all of a sudden, you know, for whatever reason, they're forced to be in a remote environment. You sure. Know, what are your suggestions? Yeah, so so first of all, you know, it wasn't, what, 10, 15 years ago, some of us were, were uh, working in organizations where we were cutting edge if we could uh, get our, our team members to work at home one or even two days a week. Uh, and some went, you know, really out on the skinny branches and worked three days a week at home. Uh, so, and, and here we are now fast forwarded first by the pandemic and then by I think people's just desire for more balance and flexibility in all that they do. So just right out of the gate, one of the first things that I saw with some of my clients right as, as COVID hit and some of the, the office type work that could be done at home, uh, there was almost this sense of, okay, well, working from home is I bolt a camera on top of my monitor and I'm, I can work from home now. That somehow that is the exact same thing as working in an office. And I wish it were that simple. There's a lot of other um, uh, behaviors as well as technology that you'll talk about 
that can really make it a much better experience for everybody. Um, and I would say my first tip right out of the gate is, uh, boy, if you're having a team meeting and you have remote workers, either you're all in front of a camera or you're all in a room together, but there's got to be a camera so that people can see each other. Uh, what I've seen just fall apart is where, you know, one person is at home dialed in on just an audio and everyone else is in a conference room around, you know, a, a central polycom or such. Uh, and they just forget that there's somebody on the line. So, so cameras solve a lot of that. Either, either y'all got to be on camera, or um, you know you're all on an individual call. That's the first thing. Yeah, and, and and Ken, I don't know about you, but you know the the other thing that I find that's hard nowadays is that that hybrid setup. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. when everybody's virtual, uh, it, the flow seems to be a lot easier. But when you have that, you know, one or two man uh, out that is dialing in virtually, uh, I think, you know, nobody has figured out yet how to include the virtual attendees with the, with the physical attendees so everybody hears clearly uh, what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that, that's a big challenge on, on the technical side. Um, and, and Ken, too... Um, you know, uh, what, you know, a lot of complaints I hear is, uh, uh, video and audio quality. You know, I find people, uh, leaders and employees alike tune out, uh, when there's not good audio or video quality, uh, you know, um, as well as, you know, making sure you're all in the same place and, having that camera on, you know, it, uh, you know, I, I can only assume good audio and quality, good audio and video is important too. I mean, if, if, if you're, if you're, if you're my leader or my boss and I can't, you know, I can't make out, you know, what you're doing on camera or I can barely hear you or understand, you know, what you're saying, you sure. know, does, that plays a role in it too, doesn't it? It, it does. And, and um, so two things. Number one is, you know, I have to face my camera. That's where the people are. So, uh, you know, you've seen some of those setups where they're kind of kind of face down on, on the camera and that creates a funny atmosphere. Uh, but also, as you say, there's <clears throat> there's a commitment to either we're going to be on camera or we're not. And, you know, there are some teams where they just decide we're just going to talk with one another, no camera, because that feels like people are staring at you. Mm -hmm. um, but the second thing is, you know, you have to, we all have to behave a little bit differently in a sense of if I'm running a team meeting, if I'm the leader, I'm running a team meeting, we're all on camera. Well, in a room, my body language, you'd know who I was looking at as a, as a call out. Uh, but I use that little, or and I coach to the little technique that I've heard people on um on sort of news shows where there's more than one person and they have people dialed in on remote cameras is say the name before the question, you know? So like, uh, Taylor, what, what I would ask you is X, if there were more than just you and I on a, on this conversation, right? But that way it, it tunes people in, it tunes people in. And also I, I want to hear your tech, uh, input on this. I do, I, you know, I do what I call a pre-flight, checklist before I start my work day, because a lot of my coaching sessions are done in this format. 
and they're also done in person. When I have to work uh, in a virtual atmosphere, first thing I do every morning, I check all of my my uh, my internet stability, the channels that the VELOP system is running on. I make sure that there are no updates available for my operating system or Zoom or anything else because that can create an incredibly poor experience for my clients if my system isn't up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what, what do they say, Ken? The first impression is, is the one that always sticks. So, yeah. you know, if, if your first impression is a virtual one, of course you would want to make sure, uh, you know, your system's ready to go. Um, you know, your, your, your camera's in position, your, your audio is good to go. Um, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, I, I will say though, you know, as much as you try to prevent that stuff, I mean, it happens. Sure. It, it really does. Um, you know, the video conferencing tool that you use, uh, we're on zoom, um, you know, for the video conferencing tool you use, sometimes, uh, that tool that service is having an issue on that particular day. Um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you have technical issues or, or your guest or your client coming in has technical issues. You know, it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you just simply, uh, work with the person or, or, uh, you know, pol apologize profusely in my case sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so and, and everyone, well, I tell you, there's uh, the one thing that has come out of people working from home suddenly and dramatically is I think we're all a little bit more patient about uh, the UPS fella ringing the doorbell in the middle of a call or a dog barking or something of, the, of that nature. We're all little, we've all learned to relax just a little bit, and that's a great thing. Uh, I'm just suggesting you know, we control what we can control, and then we just sort of run with the rest. Uh, in the same, just as uh, I make sure there's never a window behind me, so I don't give you know the weird silhouette. Mm -hmm. um, I make sure that the camera is never in such an angle that you can see the ceiling fan above me because that's a visual distraction. Mm -hmm. So you do those things, and then you know what? So uh, I was in the middle of a conference call, and we lost power here where I am. Nothing I can do about that except jump on my Zoom app on my phone and and go at it that way. Yep. <laughs> that, Always that's, have a plan B. Always oh, yeah. have a plan B. That's true. That that's when uh that's when um the uh, experience of taking selfies comes <laughs> comes into play, <laughs> just being humorous. You know, you know, make sure you gotta hold you out know, that camera at the angle. right angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But but yeah, you 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 always gotta have a plan B. Um and you always gotta always gotta move forward. You know, always got to try to move forward. You know, of course, you're going to run into obstacles and that type of thing. Mm. Um, so, Ken, one of the reasons why I bring this up is, or I should say another reason why I bring this up is, um, you know, it, it's a different world um, virtually. Um, you know, it, it's one thing being on a video conference, but... Ken, what would be your suggestions just for general, like, email and instant message and, and that type of thing? You know, how would you suggest, you know, I, I have a team. How would you suggest I keep in touch with my team 
since they're not just right down the hall, uh, do you suggest constantly uh, video calling them? Hey, Ken, it's Taylor. Just want to see how you're doing. Or or, or do you suggest sending emails, a a combination of both? Because, you know, it's very easy uh, to start casual conversation when you're just right down the hall. But, you know, how do you do that virtually? Or can you? Virtually, it's strange, but the, the simplest answer is just give a quick phone call. A quick phone call. Uh, usually, I mean, if, if I'm on a team with others, I've, I can see calendar, like I can see free and busy. Uh, so I'll just give a ring. Um, I think all too often, first of all, you know, plenty has been written about the deluge of email. What I would coach to is I, I coach every single client and friend I have to create, you know, a morning, uh, first thing in the morning, middle of the day and end of the day review of email. And just handle it. I, I w- don't ever go to email and start opening and closing email. It's just an utter waste of time and a distraction. I don't even open my email client unless I'm in one of my blocks. Uh, the second is that I don't keep um, I don't keep Slack open unless it's time for me to check Slack because I don't want to be on call like that if I'm trying if I'm looking to focus on a project. Uh, so if I'm if I have, if I'm running my team, I know when they've got blocks of time set aside for certain activities, and in between, I just give them a ring. Hey, it's Ken. I'm checking on you. Uh, see how you're doing. See if I can help. Or a follow up, or what whatever it is. But the phone is an is an now an underutilized device of all of our technology. I think the phone is the one we don't use as much as we could. And it's far more effective than we give it credit for. Right, right. I, I see that. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, be, be, not being in the office. You know, I could see how people virtually maybe uh, don't feel as wanted or as mm-hmm. cared about as they might when, if they were physically in the office. So the the, the phone call uh, definitely. You know, from a from a technology perspective. Uh, you know, nowadays technology can follow you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can give you the ability to make a phone call at home the same way I can give you the ability to make a phone call in the office. You know, I can give you the ability to jump on a, on a uh, video call or conference call at home just like I can give you uh, the ability uh, to do that in the office. So yeah, it, um, you know, and the one of the things that I, challenges I run into with my clients is I can give them the tools, and I can show them how to use the tools, but Ken, your expertise is where I fall is where I can't fill, and that's that's why I'm glad you're here because, you know. I, I can set them up with Zoom or Teams or WebEx, you know, I can, or Slack, email, phones, you know, I can set this up all day long. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I'm not a professional in <laughs> is, uh, you know, giving employees and business owners and leaders advice on how to utilize those tools to stay in contact with each other. 
So yeah, that, that that's why I'm glad you're here. So one of the things that we do uh, when we're working in, when I'm working with a group of people and in person's a phenomenal way to build closeness and bonds. So my advice to clients is if you can get your team in to the same physical environment, some routine basis, I don't know, once a year, once a quarter, whatever works for your business. Uh, there's something that happens when you're all in a room together physically that's uh, that I haven't cracked the code on creating in a Zoom conference. Um, a certain amount of, um, uh, I don't know the right word exactly, uh, healthy tension, bonding. There's some great things that happen, but where I'm going with the technology pieces, this is where we can, I can control an environment, if, if you will, and help people experience what I'm talking about in the coaching of avoiding distractions. I have everybody, uh, you know, I have an iPhone and I use the, the focus features are a godsend. Uh, it coordinates so it turn you know my it it turns on whenever I've got a block of time with with you or a client or a prospective client and so I don't hear it and it's nowhere near my my visual field so I won't see it, anything that pops on the screen. I do that in the room that I'm working in and it is almost magic how focused and present everyone is. The point being, we can create that for ourselves. When we're in our our home offices, um, simply by using the technology that you set us up with, but not all at once, right? <laughs> I don't need to use my mobile device uh, and Slack and my email client and Zoom. That's I think where what has really made people almost a little crazy is as all they're trying to do all these things at once. And so they finish the day and nothing is really done with the quality they, they would have preferred to give it. Right, because they're too distracted by... They're too distracted. The, they're trying the, to, do, this, they're trying to use all thing. the technology. Right. Uh, so uh, the last thing I, I wanted to ask is... Um, um, uh, keeping, keeping people... Um, well, we kind of already, I was going to say keep, keeping people engaged, but we kind of already covered that a little bit, but I, I guess I want to go slightly deeper with that, uh, by, you know, when, when you're doing a talk in front of your team, um, and, and, and I can let you compare this between physical and virtual, um, what do you do in the virtual environment to help people stay engaged and not to get glazed over, uh, you know, when you're making a presentation? And then what do you do? What would you do in the physical environment? And what would you do if it was a hybrid situation? So, you know, I, I was there. There's a lot of folks in the tech community sometimes tell me that, you know, uh, death by PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some you get on a Zoom meeting and somebody pulls up a PowerPoint and, you know, folks say, you know, you got maybe a minute and a half and then that person is you know, mentally checked out. So, you know, sure. when, when doing this, whether it be a, a presentation for uh, internal or external folks, you know, do you have any kind of high level tips that you're willing to share? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. to build on some of the PowerPoint tips we've heard, but so many people ignore, uh, don't, you know, PowerPoint ought not to be the um, transcript of what you're going to say, right? The wall of words where you literally all you're doing is it's almost like a teleprompter that you've put on a screen. You don't, you never want your PowerPoint presentation to be that. It should be visually interesting. And that's, that's no matter what, vet, what, um, what mechanism you're using, whether you're on video or in-person or hybrid, have a good, interesting presentation. But um, the other component is, so part of the, some of the subtleties, if I'm delivering via Zoom and I do have a PowerPoint, I have a couple of things I wanna show. So I show what I wanna show and I'll actually shut that back off so that we can see each other again and talk about what we just saw. So that I'm going back and forth and it changes the visual cues so as not to create that thing that I'm staring at and slowly getting drowsy. Um, when I'm in a physical room, I can use you know, my distance from, if I can use the space that I'm in. If, whether it's a stage or a conference room, uh, I can come up and interact with other attendees and have that conversation. And the way it works with hybrid is I literally do the exact same thing, but with the camera. So I tell my brain, you know, on that camera is Taylor. That's Taylor. So when I walk up, I'll, I'll talk to the camera as if I'm talking to you, not looking around the room and talking to you. I'm, I'm literally looking at my camera in the room for a hybrid interaction. What is unique about working on, on vir in the, vir the digital space, as we used to call it, is this, uh, if I see someone start to glaze, um, I'll simply ask, hey, Taylor, did I lose you? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I said, look, I, I just want to make sure this is good for you. And it looked like I kind of lost you for just a second there. So let's pause a minute. You know, let's meta-communicate. Get out and above it and just ask about it. Not in a, in a finger wag kind of way. In a, hey, I want to be interesting. I want this to be of value to you. And, and how can I make it so? So that's how I do it is, is follow the rules of Follow the rules of PowerPoint. They're not transcripts. Toggle on and off if you're on video camera. And if you're in a physical space and have a camera, use the camera as the person. Just walk up to it as you would a person. But don't get weird and creepy and get all close to it. That's just odd from the from the other person's side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. You know, you start getting... You start getting, you know, really close to the camera. You'll be like, mm. yeah. You'll 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 keep their attention for sure, but their their <laughs> attention they're they're going to be backing away from their screen is what they're going to be doing. <laughs> well, exactly, and you know, so if I'm if I'm presenting to a group via camera, I will stand up. I have a sit stand desk. I stand up because that's a more natural way to for for me to present to a group of people. Right. Uh, rather than sit in a chair and talk to a camera. That's not how I would do it in a room. So I don't do that virtually either. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and then the last thing I wanted to ask is, um, you know, if, if you could choose between, you know, in-person or virtual, um, you know, which which one would you by default always want to do? 
by default with who I work with, uh, I choose virtual because it's a way to carve out time in an already busy schedule. So uh, we, we minimize the, um, the pleasantries that happen when we're physically with each other. How are you? Did you get a drink? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Uh, meetings tend to run a little longer in person. So my business owners love this format because we get in, we get our coaching, and we have our action plan after the fact. So that's where I default with a little asterisk. At some point, I would like to meet every one of my clients, and I have every one of them in person. I would like to have that experience and on occasion, um, you know, once a year at least, be in person for a session so that we can stay connected in that way. Gotcha. And then Ken, I kind of want to, I feel like I've been hounding you a question. So I kind of want to open <laughs> the floor in reverse here a little bit and, and go, you know, what's your experience been like with technology and, and is there something I can better explain uh, that might help you and do the things that you do? Yeah, you know, um, you know, and I've had a chance to talk to you offline and talk to you a little bit about some technology. Um, but I'm always wondering, uh, like all business owners, I want to I want to invest in the right kinds of technology and in order. So I'd love to hear like your three your three tips on technology worth investing for the entrepreneur. Um, so uh, three tips uh, for an entrepreneur with technology is uh, on, on, on an extremely high level, um, one is uh, communication. So you need to invest in um, ways to communicate, whether it be video conference, phone, etc. cetera. Uh, the next thing you're gonna want to invest in um, in technology is a website. Now, I say a website primarily for one reason and one reason only. And that is a website is a place where people can find your contact information. Yes, you can put additional information out there. But from my perspective, um, or actually just my personality, I'd rather talk to you. So mm -hmm. And, and I think that's why with most customers and a website suffices that by displaying contact information or a way that your customers can reach out to you. Um, and, and then the third is you need a decent computer uh, to, to run all your business applications on. And that decent computer, the definition of a decent computer varies between business to business between person to person. So business to business, it depends on the industry you're in and what you're doing. Person to person, it depends on your job description within the business, within the industry and then within the business, the role within the business that you have. For example, let's say we are a, let's say we are a news, a TV news station. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm a video editor and you're an accountant. Well, I need a more powerful machine than you do, but the powerful machine I need 
might be overkill for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, so it, 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 it all depends, but th those, those are essentially, you know, uh, communication. Now you can argue website falls under that as far as communication goes, but you can also argue a website could fall under marketing as well. Um, so I, I kind of leave the website out there in its own sphere, so to speak, because a website can be used in multiple ways. Um, you know, for me, uh, my philosophy is when I'm setting up a business, what's when I'm setting up technology for a business is I'm setting up a gateway for the business to reach its customers and for the customers to reach the business. And that gateway has to work and it has to be reliable. Mm. Um, and if it's not, it hinders the business. Uh, one of the other things, personal policies that I have in my head is, is if technology is preventing you from doing your job, I'm not doing mine. Okay. That's good. Um, so, you know, I, um, one of the things I make sure of is technology works for the business I provide or that I'm providing it to. I also make sure that I understand the business well enough to where if things fail, I can easily help them pivot mm. or I can temporarily pivot them while I adjust or fix something. Oh, camera one failed. Turn to camera two. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to make it. sure. Because uh, my objective always, once I have you set up, is never to stop you. It's keep you going. So mm. let's say I got to work on your computer, Ken. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find a time block in your calendar when you don't need to use your computer. And I'm going to, I'm going to fix your issue within that time window. So when you do need to use your computer again, it's available and you can keep on moving. Um, I, I'm not necessarily just going to come in and go, uh, Hey Ken, I need to steal your computer. Can you get up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to, to me, that's, that's not how I work. It, it's, I, to me as a technology expert, I am empowering you with technology for you and your business to be successful. And once I do that, I don't want to hurt you or myself by hindering you from that because of different things. Yeah, Taylor, what do you see, like what's, what's the most common mistake we business owners make with regard to technology? Um, email. Um, uh, Joe's long cutting service at gmail.com. Mm. Now, here's why I say that. Anybody can create a free Gmail account. Mm -hmm. Anybody can put anything at gmail.com. Anybody can say they're with any organization sending from a G. I have a Gmail account. I can mm -hmm. send an email to somebody and say, Hey, I am, uh, uh, Ken's new assistant, email me at blah, 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 at gmail.com. Right. 
what now what's wrong with that one is in my opinion it don't look professional two it's hard for the client or the customer to authenticate what organization you actually represent so you know maybe maybe you maybe I do work for you Ken and maybe you did actually ask me to reach out to your customer but maybe you have such a large customer base you don't necessarily have the ability to give them a heads up that I'm calling right or that I'm reaching out all of a sudden I'm just reaching out mm. so you know part of part of technology is being able to authenticate who it is you're working with and you know emailing me from a gmail account doesn't really show any authentication as to the organization you're working for or who you are uh because you know uh okay you know you stick a link in your you stick a link in your uh, signature to your your pro your your bio on the company website well that's great but you got another issue anybody can create a gmail account how do i know that's actually the person in which you sent me the link to the bio right at, at least by having an email account at the domain of the business you know it, it comes down to one of two things the first you can't help the first is which is um you know somebody potentially hacked into the business and what i mean by can't help is you know um you know technology is not foolproof so you know you, you do your best to ensure that everything is secure and works properly but you know uh every day flaws are found in systems that have to be patched uh, the second of which is you were issued that email account by the organization you work for by the person you work for so therefore when you email out uh, you're emailing out from the same com that the business owner emails out from that yeah you know other executives email out from so i got to ask you about that offline and it's such a such a strong piece of advice and, and it's one of the things i actually got correct when i founded the business four years ago four and a half years ago um, but the thing that i didn't get right that you told me about was my phone um, a lot of entrepreneurs, we, we all do this. We start a company and we use our personal number as our company phone number. So let everyone know why that's not the best choice I made. <laughs> so um, it's a phone. It works. Your customers can call you on it mm -hmm. and they can text you too. They can leave you voicemails. You know, it works. But why is that not a good choice? In my opinion, here's why. When you grow as a business, which I'm assuming that everybody plans on growing their business if they're starting one, 
how are you going to migrate your customers to call another number? It's not going to be easy because mm -mm. they've been calling that same number for however many years you've been in business. So what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up having to port your personal cell phone number out from your cell phone into a company phone system uh, when you reach that level. And then now that phone number is no longer your personal cell phone. So your, your, your best friend who you've been in contact with for 20 years, who lives three states away, now has a wrong phone number. Because now he's shooting that number of text messages and you're not getting it. Right. So now, now you have to update friends and family. And sometimes that's just as bad as trying to update clients and customers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it could be you know, more. <laughs> so now you have, you know, so now you have personal contacts calling the business line, you know. Imagine mom calling. <laughs> Hi, Susie. This is Taylor's mom. Is Taylor in? Right. And, and and I'm sure mom might have a reason to call your business anyway, but you know what I mean? Still, it, it's maybe a phone call that you wanted to come to your personal cell phone and not through the switchboard or through your receptionist of your business. Exactly. So, so you know, um, it works. I mean, you can do it. You can use your personal cell phone number. The other thing I find, and I don't know about your industry, Ken, but in my industry, with me being a tech guy, I would never get a day off. <laughs> I would be called 24-7, 365. They would leave a message and they would call again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would just, I, I wouldn't get a break. Yeah. You're, you're officially the help desk. Yep. You're not the help desk, but that's how brains work. And hey, if I got a, if I have a phone number of somebody that understands IT, I'm going to use it. Exactly, exactly. And, and the only well, way, good. the only way I would get a break, Ken, and this is strictly my opinion, the only way I get a break is I'd have to turn this thing off, like 100% <laughs> off. But if I do that, guess what? Family can't get a hold of me now because my phone's off. What happens right. if there's a family emergency? You know, may, may, maybe the family's getting together for dinner tomorrow night and they're trying to get a hold of me to invite me. But since I'm being blown up by customer calls and I have my phone turned off because I don't want the phone to ring off the hook anymore, now all of a sudden I'm not getting a message that I actually really do want to get. Got it. Those are good tips. Those are really good tips for uh, for how to set up and maintain proper business technology yeah so ken we're we're out of time my friend i i want to thank you so so much for coming on uh my pleasure coming yep. on to the podcast um and uh anytime you want to come back let me know my friend uh you're okay. more than welcome sounds good Taylor. yeah um, i'd love to for those of you who want to subscribe you can go to smallbusinessdownload.com all the links are there uh, we're also available on the iHeartRadio app, so you can subscribe to us on there or anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, and new to the podcast that I'm just starting, as of this episode, is we started a YouTube channel, and soon you'll find that link 
on the website as well. Uh, on behalf of Ken and myself, have a wonderful day, and we hope you join us next time.